Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is Reconsidering WCW Nitro. I am Dr. Damien Gibson, and joining me, as always, is the man who is walking through the Valley of Kayfabe. It's Matthew. This is a particularly difficult uh, week of WCW to be walking through the uh, Valley of Kayfabe, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, a lot happened in this episode, but also kind of nothing. If that uh, that sounds quite sort of uh, Zen Buddhist, <laughs> uh, but it it didn't really right like it was very it was a very busy episode. But at the end of it, like has uh, there's only really one story beat in the whole episode. I don't know uh, about you, but about six to ten years ago, because time just becomes like a flat circle. There was like a big mm. sort of thing where it's like the Tower of the the Tower of the Simpsons, the philosophy of Buffy, like all these books coming out. <laughs> Maybe we should yeah, yeah. be sort of doing the philosophy of WCW Nitro, um, mm. which will be four dollars yeah. on Amazon, um, available soon. Zen according to Zodiac. Oh, that's very good. That's very very good. Uh, the the the, the <laughs> just just a whole chapter on you know the shark from tsunami. <laughs> which is which is where the sharks build from. Oh, is he? I've never noticed that. Well, he wasn't this episode due to, due to shenanigans, but usually he mm. is. All right. Well, let's get into it. It's time for Dion, get the table. I'm going to keep going with it until you just relent. And uh, <laughs> we've got uh, Pepe is wearing a cow print cowboy hat and jacket that matches mongos it's good to see mongo and pepe back to matching outfits i didn't like it when just pepe was stepping out i can't um i've been thinking more and more about this but did like obviously mongos decided this is like a gimmick but yeah was did he have these costumes before did he get around in like matching dog costumes <laughs> yeah, has wcw yeah. paid for them is this something he's just doing on his own cuz it's an exceptionally strange idea for a wrestling company to have a man with a tiny dog a former footballer with a tiny dog uh dress the dog Dude, up is it that weird for a wrestling promotion i mean think about some of the weird things that have happened I mean, there was, I mean, there was a guy who brought a goddamn snake to the ring every time he wrestled. Yeah, but that's psychological. I'll not, I'll not have you talk about Jake the Snake <laughs> in that manner. No, but I'm just saying, like, you know, it's not- But he's not Mongo um, the Chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just- If I worked at a wrestling company and someone showed up with a, their Chihuahua dressed in outfits every week, it wouldn't be that weird, you know? Look, there's also a man who puts lipstick on the side of- his face and calls himself a shark in this episode. Look, the, the, I, I would leave the obese balding shark, uh, you know, the <laughs> the the man called Zodiac, uh, the the Kevin Sullivan, the elderly uh, grandfather, evil devil man, uh, the humping mummy that's called Yeti. Uh, <laughs> look, I agree with you. That there's not many like normal cool guys in WCW at this point. It does it does like the the question of <laughs> was this was this happening before WCW or is this a pure WCW gimmick is one well worth mm. delving into. I wonder if we could get a hold of Mongo. I don't feel like Mongo would be that difficult to you know, it's not like he would be that high in demand 
I mean, you don't know you that, know. but you you could suspect that. <laughs> yes. I, I'm pretty sure. Like, I, even even at, like, you know, a st- uh, st- uh, is it Starcade or the Conrad thing where he just has wrestlers signing stuff? Starcast, that's right. Are many people going to Mongo's table at that? I wouldn't have thought so. I, I would have be. <laughs> I mean, we 100% would be. But, uh, <laughs> hey, I've got this Pepe. <gasps> I wonder if we can buy Pepe. Merchandise. Mer- memorabilia. Okay, we've got to look into that for the next episode. But anyway, let's get into this because a quick game is a good game, my friend. <laughs> um, the other two boys on the table are dressed in... Uh, well, Eric's dressed in Eric outfits, uh, you know, the, the Eric uniform, which is, as we all... Oh, so he's wearing a suit jacket and he just... Yeah, just a suit jacket and a shirt. Um, Bobby the Brain's got like a polo shirt with a suit jacket over the top of it. And this is... I feel like this is peak ni- mid-90s older gent uh, wardrobe. Mm. It's it's great. I think he looks he looks very cool. Bobby the Brain is rapidly moving up my chart of wrestling personalities into you know like he 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 may be he may be getting into you know Hitman CM Punk territory. The more I watch him, the more I'm like this guy. This guy's a wrestling genius. Is is he? Yes. At the, but is he at this point? Because he is essentially, I think so. Like Bobby the Brain Heenan is essentially hosting a podcast making fun of WCW from 1995 when you listen to his commentary. Like, I know that's what's great about it. That's <laughs> great, but you love the product, right? You're watching it, so he's the heel commentator for constantly hanging shit on it. I don't mind it. I think it's good. I think the problem is, but he he's also right. like he will also put. He's right, but he also puts wrestlers over as well. Like the in a match that's coming up, he he does a really good job of being a dick and also putting Eddie Guerrero over at the same time. He does. But let's get into it. We first and foremost we have uh, Scott, and they've got a nickname for him, which I I've never heard for Scott Norton. And I don't think we'll ever hear it again. It was like Scott Fling Norton or something like that. I didn't pick that um, up. It was something to do with like his arm wrestling background. Well, this this is all built around arm wrestling, I believe. F- Flash. It was Flash. I have it in my notes. I've forgotten it, but it was. Well, he moves so slowly that it's like it can only be a facetious <laughs> nickname. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. Anyway, he's coming to the ring. He gets attacked by uh, Shark. Shark throws Norton uh, into the ring. Um, and, and we get underway. Um, my only real note from this match, besides the fact that Scott Norton got the win after a, a body-slamming shark, which was quite impressive, uh, is that Mongo says, this is surf and turf, baby. Shark and rhino. Like, I don't I don't know where you're getting your surf and turf from, Mongo, but some sort of fancy elite LA restaurant. That Louis Thoreau documentary where uh, Americans pay to hunt, like, exotic animals in a farm in south africa that's probably the mongo uh the mongo yeah, surf and mongo turf would be one of those guys absolutely yeah. puts a photo of himself with a dead rhinoceros on instagram <laughs> then can't understand the backlash <laughs> you know it's who- my right it's my god-given right as an american <laughs> to be able to kill an endangered animal 
Shut up. We've got American listeners. That's right. It is. We do. We do have American listeners. Sorry. Sorry. Well, I'm not having to go at you guys, guys. I'm having to go at Mongo and people who kill. Look, if there's people listening to the podcast who are sticking up for people who are killing rhinoceroses, (laughs) then we can lose them. No, we can't. We constantly tell people that we can, that they shouldn't be listening to our podcast if they disagree with us on certain points. I want the rhino hunters. I'm with you, rhino hunters. All right, and save that. And I've got something on cave Matt for life. <laughs> I don't even eat meat. Like, how did this happen? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. This is the this is the power of Mongo. He can drive he can drive wedges through friendships. You know what I like about Shark and Scott Norton <laughs> is how absolutely uninterested Shark is in like selling that 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 body slam. Like Shark yeah. has. Absolutely. Like he wants he wants everyone to be very clear that it didn't really hurt and he was forced to go down for the three, but he in real life he would have beaten up Scott Norton. Yeah. All of these guys are friends with Hulk Hogan in real life and it's shows. Yep. Uh no one's selling anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh guess what time it is? It's time for Mean Gene to interview fucking Jimmy Hart and the Taskmaster. Um yeah, they get interviewed. Uh, Jimmy Hart's uh, is basically saying to Sting, like, "Hey, you can't trust Hulk Hogan. Like, you know, you've been really nice to him, and Hulk's done nothing but turn his back on you. Um, and now he's got his new best friend, Macho Man. It's very high school, but it's just the same shit gone over in the exact same way, essentially every single week." Yeah, it's in these promos with these two, especially. This is a, a go home show. World War Three's next week, listeners. Yeah, I know, right? That crept up really quickly, didn't it? Yep. It just it, like given that they're not doing a pay per view every month, like it's not you know modern wrestling. It's bizarre. It's like feels like it's like we just mm. did Halloween Havoc less than a we month did, ago, like two weeks ago. Yeah. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to World War Three, so I'm not I'm not bitching about it. <laughs> the only thing that sort of saves this segment is it cuts back to my man Bobby the Brain, who says that Hulk has no friends. Uh, and the Macho Man will backstab him. Um, and while he's doing that, Eric and Mongo actually doing some pretty good eye-rolling work, you know. Eric sort of leans back in his chair, looks at Mongo. They both roll their eyes at the insane Bobby the Brain Hayden. I just like those little flourishes of, like, those three actually working together. Mm. No, absolutely. Look out. It's Disco Inferno. And he has a CD. We've got... Remember a couple of weeks ago where it was mentioned that he had a film clip, which we still haven't looked into to see if it's real. We need to do yes. that. That's some housekeeping that we need to do. Um, he has a CD with his with him on the front of it. I assume it is a CD that has one song that he has contributed to and then a bunch of disco tracks on it. Well, it's just a bit weird because his gimmick is that he's a disco dancing 70s man, not that he's a performer of disco music <laughs> well things change man it looks like he's a recording artist now apparently i mean i'm into it i actually just as an update because there are people who are listening to you know week by week i i did look to see if we could watch saturday night from this time and i couldn't find it anywhere it's not on the network and it was very difficult to try and source from any other place so and also we don't want to there's we 
No, I do. I actually do because I one, I want to like, what's going on with Disco's recording career? Where where did this come from? <laughs> you know. Um. Anyway, Eric uh, Eddie Eric Guerrero. <laughs> Guerrero. <laughs> um, is is a guy who lives in Florida. Eddie Guerrero uh, comes out and just goes, scurries off. Um, Eddie Guerrero's got a match scheduled with Ric Flair. Uh, Ric Flair and Brian Pillman come out next. Rick's dressed in his street clothes. Brian Pillman is uh, dressed in his ring gear. And Rick essentially says, I'm the great Ric Flair. I'm not going to waste my time with the likes of you, Eddie. You can fight Brian Pillman while I get the jet warmed up. Which I thought was, it was like, this is good. This is this is the Ric Flair that I know and love. You know, one, can understand what he's saying in the promo. Two, he's talking about jets and uh, Hooters girls, which is a bit. Whew, it's definitely 1995. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and then we get a match between Eddie Guerrero and Brian Pillman that was really good. Uh, Eddie won with the frog splash. But this is also, this is yeah. about the first time since we've been watching that Ric Flair's been the Ric Flair that we all love. Like him coming out and saying mm. like, I'm actually a rich jerk and I'm way too good to be wrestling Eddie Guerrero on Nitro. You can you can have this other guy. Like that that's classic Ric Flair. That's yeah, like, 100%. and it was it was nice to see him not be like a mentally incompetent pants sweater for a moment. <laughs> yeah, there were no rip curl hoodies on this yeah. week. It was a you nineties know, WCW uh, style and profile. Nineteen ninety five WCW Ric Flair so far has sucked relatively hard. So yeah, he really has. It's good to see. Him. Um, we're coming up to the end of 95. It might be worthwhile doing like a scorecard episode where we give grades to, you know, the top sort of oh, 10 or 15. Well, we could do it. We could do sort of a a, a, a bit of a, a draft or something. We can work that out. Um, like if you were going into yeah, 1996 both- with WCW, who who would you be taking and who would you be saying time to time to go? I'm, I'm Time to move uh, on. Given I live in kayfabe. Uh, like, you know, I would obviously be taking people like Kevin Sullivan and Hulk Hogan, and I imagine you being this uh, horrid smark that uh, connects with our listeners. <laughs> um, you'll be like, oh, I'll have uh, Eddie Guerrero and uh, Chris Benoit. And I'm like, no one's going to watch your show, Damien. <laughs> oh, they will, <laughs> especially when you combine them with the talents of Johnny B. Bad and Shark. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say this, and I want it to be recorded, but you have the stupidest taste in wrestling I've ever. Uh... Yeah, I really do, and it was it was it was uh, really uh, punctuated this week when you sent me a, a photo of every face of Sting, like every era of Sting's career, and I wrote back, "I like Wolfpack Sting," and you didn't write back for a while. <laughs> and then when you did write, write back, you were like, "Really." <laughs> <laughs> He's. I meant like in those photos. I was like, "Oh, this red Wolfpack Sting looks kind of cool He's in those known photos." As tomato face Sting for a reason. I don't mind it. Look, we're going to get to that, and people are going to realize I really like Wolfpack and WO <laughs> Wolfpack, and it's. I think it's going <laughs> to. I think it's going to upset a lot of people. Well, your favorite thing, really. I think that the thing that you can put as as the thing you like in wrestling is people trying really, really hard. <laughs> And that's what the Wolfpack was. It's a bunch of dudes. <laughs> yeah, that's trying. true. 
That's true, actually. I like I like people having a sw- I like people who swing for the fences, man. Even if they fail, I'm, I'm I can forgive them that as long as they're trying something. <laughs> if they're doing, you know, that's why I don't like John Cena. Put it that way. Until you know, until WrestleMania this year, you prefer the shark. Then my opinion of John completely changed in one match, <laughs> one segment. <laughs> it's like John Cena's the greatest thing of all time. Um. I'm kind of surprised at how much Eddie Guerrero is getting. I mean, obviously, we, we're sitting here at 2020. We know how great Eddie Guerrero was, right? But I am sort of surprised at how quickly he's getting pushed into. I mean, it's only, he's only been around for what five weeks. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, he's already basically he wrestles on every episode. I mean, it's very obvious that he has talent. I, I just. I don't know. I'm kind of used to systems where good young wrestlers come in and, you know, sit in the mid card for five years until there's a Twitter storm about them getting their due and then they get an IC belt run for three weeks. It's just interesting to see that Eric has obviously looked at Eddie Guerrero and go, oh, yeah, this is this is someone that we can build on for the future. Because mm. I, I just seem to like... I remember him and Malenko and Jericho and Benoit just sort of being like the opening match guys. Yeah. I don't remember them having as much cachet as they do in these episodes, but they really do. Yeah, they're a big deal. Yeah, it's cool. Like, it feels really, you know, it's interesting. It's also, I mean, uh, like, we didn't get Ric Flair versus Eddie Guerrero, but we probably will mm. in the coming weeks. Maybe a World War Three. not sure. But... um. You know, even even the teasing of that match is like, man, there are some really decent matches on these Nitro episodes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like this is why Nitro wasn't cancelled immediately. Yeah, well, and why they would be winning ratings off uh, WWF at the mm. same time when we went through one of their pay per view cards recently, and it was you know Bret Hart versus everyone. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like, was it like Scott Hall was in three matches and Bret Hart was in a couple? Yeah, it was and, like they essentially had five wrestlers that just kept wrestling against yeah, jobbers. It, it, then that was a pay per view. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Big Bubba versus Road Warrior Hawk, and I kind of enjoyed this match. I, I, I didn't, you know, these guys were really hitting each other really hard for a Monday night. Um. And I, I, Big Bubba got some punches in that felt real. Uh, Hawk hit Bubba with a right hand that looked legit as well halfway through the match. Um, and then uh, the the finish is a bit <laughs> meh, but I still kind of enjoyed it in the sense of... <laughs> so there's a taped match, a taped fist match happening between Big Bubba and Jim, your favourite, Jim Duggan, uh at a later date. I assume World War Three is when that's happening. Um, Let's hope so. <laughs> and so uh, Big Bubba's like, I think he produced like a knuckle duster, but had it hidden in his taped fist t- and was about to hit Hawk with it. He gets tripped over by Duggan, who's just appeared out of nowhere, and then knocks himself out with his own taped fist slash knuckle duster, which this is a this is a great example of... You know what? You're having a try, guys. Here's an elephant stamp. Demo approves. But I can tell by Matt's disapproving shaking of the head on Zoom here that he doesn't agree. I believe uh, 
I believe it was a, a roll of quarters. Um, oh, okay. But the end of this match is someone who has a very low IQ knocking a fat gangster over who then knocks himself out on his own fist and then one of the road warriors gets the win. Like, I'm, I, the road warriors were incredible together and never really were, and particularly by 1995. Like, they were very, like, they were still young, um, you know, mm. by by standard, by modern standards where you've got AJ Styles and whoever else of Chris Jericho who are, you know, performing at a high standard. But that... The singles Road Warriors never did it for me. Like, I think it's very similar to, yeah, you know, a, a lot of tag teams that are tag teams really should be tag teams. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, they are one of those that, yeah, it's, it's hard for them because they're so synonymous with being in their tag team that when one comes out, it's kind of disappointing. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, it's just... And like Hawk gloating at the end of this match, it's like the low IQ, like, come come on, man. Like, the fat gangster knocked himself out on his own fist. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't doesn't really, I don't know who this puts over and who's now like, oh, we've got to see Duggan in there with Big Bubba. But not me. This is not for me. Yeah. It's a shame that... um that WCW couldn't do something better with uh, Boss Man or Big Bubba, as he's known in WCW, because he is great. Like, my memories of him being, like, Hulk Hogan's main heel for a long period of time are some of my happiest memories of wrestling. And later on, during the Attitude Era, he with WWF, he proved, you know, what a valuable commodity he is. He's just being completely misused here. Like, what is he? Like, yeah, like a gangster, but what, from where? Like, from 1995, from 1930? Is he a time-travelling gangster? I don't, you know, that's actually not a bad idea for something. (laughs) But, but, like, he's just a nothing. It's just nothing. Like, it's it's the barest amount of character work. Yeah, I, I don't really understand why he's a gangster. Um, it, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. It's weird. Yeah. And you just don't get anything. Like you don't get to see, I mean, I know it would be hard to produce promos to show that, but you don't see, unless it's happening on Saturday night, but you don't see anything that warrants him being called a gangster or you thinking that he's a gangster. Mm. Well, I think that previously he was like sort of the, the early WCW run he had. Like he was a he was a big deal. Like he was feuding with Vader, um, but that sort of lost era of WCW, I guess, sort of ninety two, ninety three, ninety four, before Nitro launched, where you know people like Vader and Big Bubba and all that were the people who sort of you know held down the fort until Hulk Hogan came along. Um, but yeah, they, he just seems lost in the shuffle here. Yeah. It's a shame because he's a, like he's a talent that I really like, and could be a legitimate heel at the top of the card. But, well, seven um, years from this, he's gonna he's gonna uh, break through his his colleague's father's funeral and drag the coffin around. Uh, 
which is a very WCW angle. Um. Um, next up, we have Stong versus Hulk Hogan. And uh, I'm surprised that we got as much of this match as we did on Nitro. I was, I think I even said in the last episode, oh, this will be a schmoz. Like, they'll both come to the ring and then immediately Dungeon of Doom will come to the ring. There's no way they're giving any of this away on, on you know, free-to-air TV or basic cable mm. or whatever it is. Um, but I didn't mind the opening of this where Macho Man comes out. Sting's already in the ring. Macho Man comes out. He's doing his weird Macho Man, like, one-hand <laughs> clapping thing <laughs> to get Hulk Hogan to come out. And, of course, we all get swerved because Hulk comes out the back way through the crowd, jumps in the ring, looks like he's going to hit Sting from behind, doesn't, taps him on the shoulder, uh, and then they... Why does he do this? If he's not going to hit him from behind, why? I don't know. This is a really good example of this whole little run of Dark Valley Hogan, you know, of, like... Everything's half-assed. Like, I'm a bad guy, but I'm also not a bad guy. He's, like, a bad guy in the sense of, like, Billie Eilish is a bad guy, you know? Like... Would you say he's a bad guy in the sense that, like, Billy Idol used to go to, like, the Sex Pistols shows, but then he's Billy Idol still, so it's not really that bad. Like, it's sort of safe bad guy. Like, he becomes Johnny Rotten, but right now he's... the way that Billy Idol was punk rock music like post 1982 mm. you know as far as mainstream music was yeah. concerned yeah absolutely this is this is billy idol hulk hogan we're gonna get johnny rotten hulk hogan well i hope we are anyway also this is not that bad a match for for hulk hogan sting matches which as we get further through this we're going to be grading on a pretty hard curve but this is all right yeah, it's not bad. Like, uh, Sting puts Hogan into a scorpion deathlock. Uh, Hogan breaks out of it and starts hulking up, which I immediately disliked Hogan. For, it's like, oh, come on, man. Um, but, of course, he does because, you know, Hulk must hulk out. Um, but then Sting gets back on top of him again, has him in a leg lock. Hogan says that he's breaking my leg, brother. He's breaking my leg to Macho. And then... Dun- Q Dungeon of Doom. They come out, they try and take out Sting. Hogan and Sting join forces to get rid of the, the dungeon uh, until the giant comes out. The giant grabs both of them in a choke or to go and choke slam both of them at the same time until Macho Man gets a chair, hits the giant from behind. The giant turns around, choke slams Macho. That same chair now ends up in the hands of Hulk Hogan and Sting, who uh, force the giant out of the ring with the chair. Uh, and then we cut to an ad break. I, I've got to point out, the Dungeon of Doom come out when Sting is winning. The, like, about to win. The running storyline for the last forever, apparently, like, seemingly, is where does Sting's loyalties lie? Is he secretly with the Dungeon of Doom? This does not fit in, like, if Hulk Hogan was about to beat Sting and then they run out and, you know, it, it like, fits the... But it's just like, oh, no, they just stopped Sting Stong from winning. I didn't mind. I, you know, as far as these kind of schmoz finished, we knew it was coming, but I didn't mind it. I thought, like, you know, they're not going to give this away on uh, Nitro, nor should they. Like, you know, this is a this is a main event match that they lead 
towards for a really long time later yeah. on down the road. So um, there was no way we we're going to get it on Nitro Kids. But you do, like, you're right, man. You do get to see, like, five, six minutes of a decent match between these mm. two before, um, you know, we get our uh, prescribed five minutes of Dungeon <laughs> of Doom beating down everyone at the end of Nitro. Um, then we get this weird... The whole time that we've been watching Nitro, there's about two to three minutes at the end of every episode where we cut back to the desk. Mm. Um, and, like, it's not that it's not entertaining. It's just a weird way to end the wrestling shows because it kind of is an anti-climax, especially after all this has happened. They they try and jazz this up a little bit with Sullivan and Jimmy Hart, like, attacking Bobby the Brain for some reason, who is, like, their friend. And Bobby manages to cover it by saying, like, um, you know, they like me. Imagine what they would do to someone who they don't like. So well, that's a pretty good save, Bobby. But, like, it mm. made no sense that they weren't beating up, like, Eric. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that's what should happen. But, yeah, they just kind of, like, they're there. They're like, oh, you know, we're, we'll win at World War Three. Rah, 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 bad guy stuff. They go, they go off and then that's... We're pretty much a you know Eric sort of shills World War Three a bit, and, and then done. that's the end of the episode. Man, that's it. But I'm I'm looking forward to World War Three though. I feel like that's going to be a content rich episode. <laughs> yeah, we might have to do like a three hour episode <laughs> of that podcast of that pay per view. That sounds like a threat to our listeners. Yeah, if you if you guys don't get friends to subscribe, we're going to do a three hour World <laughs> War Three podcast. So. Get to it. <laughs> um, cool, man. Well, we can leave it there unless you've got any other thoughts you want to share about this episode I of don't. Nitro. I'm tapped. Uh, look, you can follow us at WrestleWolf on Facebook, uh, at WrestleWolf Pod on Twitter and Instagram. WrestleWolf.com um, is somewhere where you can go. We're looking to do some long form sort of writing on there. Um, if you. Uh, uh, if you're interested in writing for our website, you can just send us a, an email, like with your own idea or like a piece of writing that you've done, and we'll decide whether we're going to throw it up or not. You can do that by writing to us at wrestlewolfpodcast at gmail.com. Because, um, yeah, like I think if we can get the opportunity to get other people to talk about wrestling, I think that would be really cool. Um, not on the podcast, though, that's for me and Matt only. <laughs> Um, <laughs> don't get ahead of yourselves um, but yeah that'd be awesome if you can rate and review help with the algorithms um, but until next time Pepe's dead thank you <laughs>